Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away welcome to another uh, squared away podcast and this is martin this week and we're giving paul a little bit of a break since he did take one on his own uh, a couple weeks ago so um i'm to give you guys the asian comedy treat so here we go um I wanted to talk a little bit about Squared Away. Um, I know it's been quite a few episodes here. Uh, we're talking over a year. Um, talking about, you know, why we were doing this and, and where did this come from. And um, a lot of you uh, veterans, active duty, even Leo's uh, know about being squared away. It's um, if you're picturing Greek architecture and you got a roof and a foundation, but you you have these pillars, right? There's four in each corner and they stand for pillar one is physical. Pillar two is uh, mental. Pillar three is emotional and pillar four is spiritual. And when all those are fortified, you have a strong house that's able to withstand a lot of uh, adversity and things going on in your life. And, um, on the military side, even on Leo side, before a shift or before a deployment, uh, you ask, "Hey, are you uh, squared away?" And by being squared away means, "Hey, is 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 your house in order? Is everything okay at home? Is everything okay mentally? Is your body prepared and trained and feeling good um, emotionally?" Like I said, there are things at home going okay. Everything with the wife going well, everything with the kids well, finances are all in order. And then uh, how are you doing spiritually? So for Christians, it's, you know, are you you solid? Where's your walk and your faith? Um, And for those who are just, you know, um, maybe are not Christians, 
whether it's meditation, uh, whatever you're doing, uh, is your basically is your head right and is your spirit there? So, so today I just want to talk about you know coming from that background, um, give you little bits and pieces of my life experience and the five tenets that I follow to stay squared away, the five tenets I follow to adhere to the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels of being squared away. And like we talk about, it's you're never going to be a hundred percent squared away. If, if you are, boy, that's, that's great. That's amazing. Um, but what we do is we strive to be that hundred percent and, and you got to do it every day. You know, I got to wake up and, and first things first is I take care of my spiritual, spiritual walk. And I spend my time with God and I spend my time in prayer and spend my time in the word. And, you know, that gets my day set right for everything else. And then next I hit is my workout obviously my workout and my, uh, my diet. So I take my supplements, probably not as a GNC or, you know, super pro pre-workout high caffeine or anything, but at my age, um, a little more on the health side and, you know, we can get into that a little bit later, uh, with the, within the five tenants. So, so yeah, let's talk about those five tenants, huh? Um, number one, first tenant is surround yourself with iron. And number two is stay humble. Or I, I put it as be a quiet professional. Number three, take care of your vehicle. Or as Paul calls it, take care of your meat wagon. Number four, love deeply. And number five, be grateful. And there's a lot of guys that, that have come out and they're speaking and they're giving six tenants, ten tenants. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not the smartest dude in the world. So, you know, I got to go with five. Any Anything more than one hand, I get a little too confused. So let's start with, with the first tenant. You know, surround yourself with iron, which, which is important because I think as we go through life, we start to realize that, hey, guess what? We need people. I know there's there's a handful of people out there that wear the T-shirts. I hate people. I can't stand people. I want to be on an island by myself or move up north in a cabin. But bottom line is, you know, a lot of these people I see where these shirts are, are just as, if not more social than the uh, your, your regular extroverts. So we need people, and that's how we function as a team. Uh, we need that support. And we also need that challenge from other people. Um, it goes back to that saying that we've brought up before is you are the average of five closest people to you. Uh, I really think that should be, you know, you are the company that you keep because you may have, you know, two, three, four, 10, 15 people that are, are closest to you. So ultimately you have to look at, you know, you are the company that you keep. Or how a lot of people say it is birds of a feather flock together, right? Um, you know, you need to surround yourself with the dreamers and the doers, you know, the believers and the thinkers. And most of all, surround yourself with those who see greatness within you, even when you don't see it yourself. Because I always talk about, you know, it's great to be around people that will lift you up. And it's a nightmare to be around people that are willing to cut you down and hold you down to lift themselves up. So one of the big points under surround yourself with iron, obviously, is iron sharpens iron. And the old Proverbs, you know, exactly would be Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen is, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know, if, if you're closest people to you are not challenging you, uh, then you got to start shopping around because you know what happens if you don't sharpen a knife, it obviously gets dull, right? If you don't work out a muscle, it atrophies. And that's the same thing that happens in your life. Um, it's that picture, uh, 
Oh, I've seen it recently. It's a cartoon image of the Simpsons sitting in a bar. And I think the caption, which I'll probably butcher it, is something to do with, uh, you know, your choice of friends could fuck you up for life. And that's so true. So, you know, always take an inventory of, you know, who are your closest people? Who do you rely on? And really think about iron sharpens iron. Um, you know, another verse that always sticks in my head is, is 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three is bad company corrupts moral character. You know, some translations say evil company corrupts good habits. And, and I like that because you know what, you know, in order to build discipline, it's a series of building good habits. And if you don't have good company around you that helps support that, guess what? And those habits can go in the toilet pretty quick. Um, the kind of friendship you keep affects your spiritual life. As we just stated, it affects your physical life, affects your mental life, it affects your emotional life. And, um, you know, you have to really understand that if you have toxic relationships, it's, it's okay to let them go. And biblically, Isaiah 43 talks about letting go of your toxic relationships or it's going to destroy you or drag you down. So evaluate the company that you keep, you know, make decisions that will benefit you in the long run. You know, people are going to bless or stress you, you know, I always have that thing in my head, you know, okay, people are going to bless or stress you. So if you forget anything I said, remember that, you know, know the signs, know the red flags and then act upon it. And then the second portion of surround yourself with iron is what we talked about in previous podcasts, you know, multiple times is, okay, who are, there's a difference between your 3 a.m. friends versus your 6 p.m. friends. You know, for the guys out there that are struggling and, and this really hits home because, you know, some of you that uh, DM me are, have gone through PTSD and gosh, man, it's, it's, it's tough. Sometimes, uh, Reading some of that, it brings me to tears because I, I understand that there's there's things that you've seen and things that you've experienced that, you know what, there's nothing that you can do that'll take those photographs in your mind. Nothing you can do that'll take that away. You know, some of you that have, have been abused, you know, I mean, when my, my father uh, went downhill in his life, um, you know, he started... Uh, drinking quite a bit, started doing drugs to probably self-medicate and, you know, abusing uh, my brother and I was, you know, was his uh, way, his outlet, I guess, of venting, uh, didn't make it right, didn't explain it at all. But guess what? You know, as a child, uh, you, you never, you never lose those images in your mind. You know, um, sometimes that pain doesn't go away. But, you know, you, you have to learn to deal with it. And and for the veterans out there, man, I, I know you've seen some stuff. Um, guys that have, have, the latest have been in Syria. Um, other guys have known that have been in Ramadi and different parts of the world and, you know, gone through the IEDs and picking up your the pieces of your friends and, um you know, the guys recently too in Afghanistan that talk about, uh, you know, seeing the, the bodies of babies, you know, getting thrown across the walls. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's terrifying. It, it's stuff that keeps you awake at night. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep because you can't shut those images off. And so many guys turn to, you know, self-medication to take care of that. And I just want you to know, you know, please, you know, find those 3 a.m. friends that you can call and that you can talk to. Um, you know, there's so many th times in my life where, you know, as a man, you know, we try to reach out and a lot of times we keep getting put off or it gets uh, poo-pooed as, oh, you know what, you're overreacting, or it's really not that bad, or, you know, I've been told, uh, 
oh, stop feeling sorry for yourself. And, you know, the years ago when I was told that, um, I stopped talking. And that's the worst thing that you can do. Um, so really find those 3 a.m. friends. You know, unfortunately, it's tough. I hate to say it. You're, you're going to go to the VA. They're going to give you a little baggie of self-medication. And that that makes it worse. You know, I just, um, I have a friend that, you know, former Navy that, uh, man, he was the most vibrant, energetic guy. And he, he was a realtor. And you know how realtors are. I have no clue. I think these... The, the issue with the realtors is you got to have like some high energy, insane, outgoing personality to be that. And that's what he was. And uh, after a couple months uh, at the VA, he just turned into this hunched over vegetable. And he used to be at the gym all the time with me. And, uh, um, you know, it's his son and I have talked and uh, he's coming out of it, but he'll never be that same energetic guy again. And it's just unfortunate that... um. That, that our VA and that our, that our government is, is looking to treat in that way. Um, I'd say some of the best, best therapy is, you know, just being around the guys that can relate. Um, and that, that helped me quite a bit. Um, you know, guys that are willing to be open and allow you to talk and help you understand or help or understand what you're going through. So, um, and, and I encourage you guys to, I mean, if you need somebody to talk to, just, you know what, keep DMing me and, you know, it's just something we can talk and we can, you know, pray together and get through this because there's no simple solution for it at all. And I wish there was, but it's, it's just something that you just have to keep dealing with. And when you, you struggle with it, you call and you call those 3 a.m. friends that'll be there at any time of day. Okay, so that was 10 at 1. Sorry, I kept it together. That's good. So um, 10 at 2 is stay humble. And I've always looked at stay humble as, you know what, be a quiet professional. And being a quiet professional is a lot different than what we see in this Western culture that we have now. I mean, it's if you're sitting back and observing what's going on. And it's really become the privilege and entitlement Olympics out there. I mean, society has grown more selfish and inward. I mean, all you have to do is go into a Walmart parking lot and you can see people don't care. Uh, I was just talking to someone yesterday. I walked out of a Walmart parking lot with my son and there's this lady that is parked right up against the handicap area, has a cart full of stuff, unloads it, pushes the cart right into the handicap stall, gets in her car and leaves. I mean, that's a very small example of what's going on out there. Um, you know, in the military, it's, you know, for guys, it's, it's always, it's always a cock show, man. It's just getting a bunch of roosters out there. I mean, you, you understand it. I mean, the crayon eaters, the Marines will get their tats as soon as they, they get out of basic, right? And what what happens when the uh, teams guys or the SEALs, uh, you know, get their trident and they get their first paycheck? Where do they go, right? They go to bull shirts, get as, as much uh, SEAL gear as they can, right? Uh, last I heard, I think they closed down, though. Could be wrong. You know, Rangers get their bumper stickers or, you know, we got a guy in town here that, has a windshield sticker that's about a foot and a half uh, tall, just, you know, letting you know that he's a ranger, right? Air Force, I have no clue. I don't know. Maybe they got a new pencil sharpener or something and show it off. I have no clue. Just kidding, guys. Um, you know, guys try to get bigger, right? Go to the gym. A lot of times the thing is guys want to get muscular because you want to be the toughest looking dude or the biggest dude in the room, right? So... You know, it's, it's hard to be humble, especially, you know, for guys, cause it's, it's a cock show out there, man. And, you know, for, for men and women in a world where social media posts, every single accomplishment that you do, every extravagant vacation that you take, or, you know, you take the pictures where it looks like an extravagant vacation in between 
the kids pestering you or it's hot out or you're standing in line at Disney for, you know, three hours for each ride. Um, you know, projects that we're working on, you know, we want validation because we want to post it to show, oh yeah, look, here's our abilities, you know, uh, toys that we bought. Here's our, here's our big boat that we bought or, you know, here's, here's my new, uh, whatever four wheeler, my new truck, you know, we're, we're using social media to get out of that, that quiet professional mentality. And it's just become so much of a, Hey, look at me. Um, Hey, I need approval. Hey, I need more likes. So, so how do you stay humble? How do you be a quiet professional? And there's, um, and this is ties in directly with what we've always been talking about with squared away. So how I look at staying humble is there's four ways to create a spirit of humility, which is what humbleness is, is having that spirit of humility and people know that it's genuine. Um, which is the growth mindset, but you didn't expect that, huh? So the four ways to create a spirit of humility, which is part of the growth mindset. Number one, don't think less of yourself. Just think of yourself less. Okay, let that sink in. Okay, don't think less of yourself. Just think of yourself less. And what that means is quietly doing your job. You know, get the end result and move on. You know, if you're going to celebrate, celebrate with your 3 a.m. friends and then move on. You know, start looking at what you can do for other people versus what you can consume and do for yourself. You know, find an outlet to serve. You know, um, an example is, you know, when I was getting my head on straight, when I was younger, you know, I looked at trying to fill, fill the voids with, you know, what buying things, material things, right. With relationships, with any distraction that's out there. I mean, basically everything that we have in this world that is so noisy are just distractions from us being able to look in the mirror and saying, Hey, you know what? I need to self-evaluate. I need to deal with things. Um, so the biggest thing is, you know what, think of yourself less. And by doing the best way to do it is to serve, serve other people. You know, number two, allow yourself to fail. But no, it's not the end of the world when you do. You know, I always tell my son is there's just one wins and there's lessons learned, right? Did you learn something? There's not winning and losing. It's winning and learning. And the biggest thing is it's about overcoming adversity when you fail. That's the biggest lesson. You know, there's two types of people. There's some people that learn how to fail forward. Um, and there's others that fail and quickly spiral downward. And you know that, you know, some days I have it. You know, this week I had a day where it's like one thing goes wrong and it felt like, you know what, everything just just like dominoes just went wrong right after the other. And you're going to have those days. And then that's when you need those 3 a.m. friends to say, hey, you know what? I had a complete shit show of a day. I just got to, you know, vent this out a little bit and, uh, you know, talk to somebody. And if, if you don't talk to somebody, you know what? Guess what? Just, you know, what? know that the next day is going to be better, right? Um, you know, the people that learn to fail forward is a lesson I'm trying to teach. Uh, my youngest right now is just started tackle football and this is his first year playing tackle cause he's played flag. And, uh, I just, I can't help myself. I can't help, but be at those practices and not to watch and to sit there and clap every time, you know, he makes a catch or something, but to be at that practice so that, you know, if there's something that he needs to work on, that he'll be able to learn and recognize that, oh, okay, I'm coming out of this practice and these are the two or three things that I need to work on before next practice. And that's how you teach somebody to overcome adversity. So the difference is on the inside. Okay, it's a spirit of the individual. 
those who profit from adversity possess a spirit of humility and are therefore inclined to make the necessary changes needed to learn from their mistakes, failures, and losses, just like we talked about. They stand in stark contrast to prideful people who are unwilling to allow adversity to be their teacher and as a result, fail to learn. So number three, when mistakes are made, recognize the problem, solve it, and move forward with new knowledge. You know, things are going to happen, and it's okay. And so many times I see when, when things go bad, when mistakes happen, what happens is the big blame game. Okay, the, federals, the feds are really good at this right now. You know, first thing they do is blame and blame and blame. Or you've seen people that will just mope, right? Mope and feel sorry for yourself. You know, that's truly feeling sorry for yourself is when a mistake is made, instead of recognizing, hey, there's a problem or the biggest thing that I've seen lately is recognizing that they have a problem. And then what are we going to do to move forward and gain new knowledge about it? How are we going to fix it? So, so don't blame don't mope around and feel sorry for yourself. And the biggest thing is, is don't make excuses. It's just that saying goes, right? You know, asshole, excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got one. So, you know, those are the people, the ones that blame and make excuses and for sorry for themselves. It's like Goggins had a uh, post yesterday. He said, those, these are the type of people that you get around that literally make you impotent. They make you weak just by being around them. And that's going back to the Isaiah 43 is, you know what? You need to shed the toxic people because that's literally, Goggins is right. That's what happens. You stick around them long enough and they'll make you go limp dick pretty quick. Number four, live with the mindset that there is always something to learn from everyone, anybody. You know, back in 2011, I had moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and um, one of the service things that I, I really felt led to do is to help the homeless. You know, that's where my heart was because there was a time when I was dumpster diving when I was younger, and that's just become part of me. That's why I like to help out those that, you know, can't help themselves, help them get off their feet. And uh, one day I was down at the Capitol where a lot of the homeless, you know, were. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm aggressively helping. And I just finally, I learned to stop and sit for a moment and just watch this homeless guy who was in a wheelchair. Um, older gentleman, I would probably say 60s, mid 60s. And instead of walking over and helping him, I was just watching and I could see just this air of contentment about him for a guy that has absolutely nothing. And then it made me really reflect on all that I had. I had plenty. And I just needed to learn to be grateful. You know, it's just a, a good reminder. And he had just a little bag of things that he was just content about. Even if people walked up to him and were going to offer him something, he was fine. He was content. So you can learn from anybody. There, there's nobody that's greater than anyone else. And live with the mindset that there's always something to learn means, number one, STFU. Don't know what that is. It's shut the fuck up. Okay. You know, there, you've heard of seagull bosses, right? And if you haven't heard of seagull managers, seagull bosses, there's also the seagulls that have the shitty mindsets that they, anytime that there's any conversations made, they have to be the loud squawking seagull that comes into that conversation and shits all over everything. So, you know, sometimes you just got to shut the fuck up because the most dangerous man in the room, I guarantee you is the quietest. It's the observing is the digesting 
And that person then decides based on what they've digested and observed, what is best to say versus what we see a lot versus the vomiting off of a soapbox shit that people are not even listening to. Because you ever get into a, a room full of people or a campfire where everybody's like finger on the trigger, ready to say something, no matter if it's related to the conversation or not, because, you know, they got a soapbox that they need to, you know, unload their Oprah thousand words for the day. Well, guess what? Sometimes it's good to just, you know what? STFU, right? You should make a hat on that. STFU, be the quiet one, observe, digest the facts, and then you deliver. And you know that delivery should be? That delivery should be either a form of a question. Because a lot of times we have knowledge and we just want to fucking punch somebody in the face with it, you know, because knowledge, just like sometimes people think money or driving a certain car gives them power. Well, sometimes knowledge is power. And people use that as a weapon. Say, oh, you didn't know that? Well, this is what you do and start condescendingly telling other people how to do it. And that type of delivery has nothing to do with staying humble and has nothing to do with wanting to give that knowledge to somebody else. It's basically using that knowledge as a hammer so that you can hammer on these other people as nails till they're all bent And then you feel supposedly better about yourself. So it's no different than pushing somebody's shoulders down to make yourself feel, you know, better and elevated. So delivery is huge. So if you do get the point of shutting the fuck up and digesting what's going on in the room, it's what part of being humble is delivering the truth as a form of a question or relate with the story or an analogy You know, just like in the Bible, man, Jesus spoke in parables and analogies because he wasn't there to hammer on anybody other than the Pharisees, which were the uh, uptight, you know, holier than thou, over-righteous people of that time. And those were people that needed to be hammered. And that's when that hammer should come out. But if you're trying to help people, their delivery should be that story or analogy. Or sometimes it's just a simple, you know what? Hey, I understand. Because sometimes people don't want the the solution in their face. It's just, it could be a simple, hey, you know what? I understand, man. Keep talking. You know, we have to get away from this boardroom condescending soapbox that is never humble and is never effective. So that wraps up the number two tenet of staying humble and being a quiet professional. The third tenet, take care of your vehicle. Or as Paul calls it, take care of that meat wagon, right? Um, You know, why, why do we need to do that? I mean, we've talked about it before in our previous podcast is, you know what? This is the only vehicle you have. You know, take care of it. And for you guys that, you know, do follow the spiritual side along with me is, uh, you know, Romans 12, one is you got to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, which means guess what? The creator gave us this body to take care of. It's like if somebody borrows you a Lamborghini, are you going to beat the shit out of it? And then all of a sudden, oh, lease is done. Here you go. Thing is uh, trash. Tires are flat. Scratches all over. No, you take care of it. You know, our bodies are on loan right now. And um, how are you going to take care of that? And plus, guess what? If you treat your body like shit, guess you're going to have a lot of problems later in life. So, you know, the one of these uh, statements to remember is, guess what? Treat food as medicinal, as medicine for your body, or medicine will become your food. So treat food as medicine, or medicine will become your food. Because 80% of your health is what you put in that pie hole. And what you put in that pie hole needs to be stuff that benefits your body, your immune system, 
generate muscles, bone health, heart health. So when you're looking even at supplements that you're putting down, I know it's cool to buy a shitload of creatine and, you know, stuff that, you know, you hope that magically will give you the uh, the magic pill of getting big. Or for some, some of you, it's the magic pill of getting thin. Well, guess what? There is no magic pill. It's just a lot of hard work and a lot of balanced diet and good choices. So it's just like, um, yeah, I mean, we can get really technical and, you know, go into nutrition health, but basically it's, you need fuel for what you're doing. So if you're pushing hard, guess what? You need the appropriate fuel. If you're, um, bulking up and want to put on muscle, guess what? There is a ratio of protein that you need to put in your body to help generate that muscle. But first you need to break that muscle down through working out. So, and if you don't want to get sick, you need to put things in your system or avoid things. Obviously processed food, sugars are a big one that'll basically destroy your immune system. And then if there's medical medicines, shots, whatever, you need to know what it is and really understand the effects before putting in your body so that you don't end up being one of these people that just blindly trust every doctor and you end up being part of the, guess what? The highest rate of death in the U S is over medication and the average multiple medication user, the average number is 16. So Basically, you're taking a medication, you're getting a side effect, and then you're taking more medication to cover that side effect, and then you get more side effects that you got to take more medications for. You know, that's you got to get off of that. That's how my buddy, the realtor, turned into a zombie. It's just multiple meds that we had to slowly get out of his system to even get him back to normal again. So, you know... My journey in health is, uh, I've always been, you know, I've always been, I, I guess in this, I don't know, athletic, athletic mode, I've always played sports. Um, you know, I didn't deal with a weight problem unless you're talking about, you know, getting from a football body to something a little leaner. Um, sometimes when I eat too much, uh, too much pie and Junk food, yeah, I definitely uh, can get the jelly roll going uh, just as good as the next person. So, um, you know, it's a it's a balance. But, you know, I would say six days out of the week, I'm eating clean. But I, I don't deny myself stuff. If I go to a baseball game, guess what? I'll put down one of those garbage hot dogs with, you know, majority of the bun. Because it, life is short. And you have to enjoy it, but you need to do everything in moderation. So that basically kind of rolls up uh, taking care of your vehicle. I know Paul covered a lot of that in his. So if you want to go back to where he's doing the the podcast alone, uh, he covers uh, quite a bit into the health side. Um, you know, I, I just look at my summary would be is, you know, our, our looks should be based on a result of being healthy. Because you shouldn't do looks before health. Because there's a lot of people that, you know, I know that are in bodybuilding, but health-wise, they're not. So inside, they're, it's almost like being a whitewashed tomb. Make sure that you're healthy first. And guess what? Your body's going to look healthy. And then from there, tweak it. So that's tenant number three. Tenant number four is love deeply. Love deeply. No, this isn't the, the notebook and this isn't the, you know, the romantic uh, stuff, but love deeply just means, you know what, you, you got to learn to love. And one of the, the biggest things that um from one of our best episodes is uh, from Byron Rogers, uh, where he talks about good dude credits, right? So I'll cover that in a little bit here. But when I talk about love deeply, we can get into the seven kinds of loves. You can talk about the love languages. Um, but part of the tenets to simplify it for, you know, a dumbass like myself is number one is the, the three Greek words. One is philos, two is agape, three is eros, which you can probably guess what that is. Well, let's hit number one. Number one, philos, or if you think about Philadelphia, right? City of what? Brotherly love. 
And how do you define that? I mean, I define that as, you know what, real friends, okay? Real friends are like brothers. I like in the military, you know, we have the brotherhood or long live the brotherhood. LL, you know, TB, and people get that uh, tattooed sometimes. But I would look at it as real friends seek together to live truer, fuller lives by relating to each other authentically and teaching each other about the limitations of their beliefs and the defects in their character, which means that there's a huge degree of openness, right? They are, in effect, each other's therapists. And that's what I talked about is, you know, you need those 3AM friends because a lot of times, you know, where they coming out with PTSD and I spent about 12 years talking to uh, professional shrinks and guess what? They, they don't understand. They haven't been there. They haven't seen that other end. So they can talk to you all they want about textbook, you know, philosophy and theories and methods or, you know, whatever they do. But it, it doesn't help. And none of it helped until I started, you know what, talking to guys that have been through it. Guys that, you know what, hey, we understand. And it's a day-by-day journey to get out of that funk and to learn how to manage it. So, you know, going back is, you know what, the guys need to be authentic. But we got to teach each other. Guys just need to start being open and be able to talk to each other about, guess what, faults in their character, failures that they, you know, have gone through that they need help understanding how to learn from that, and then the limitations of their beliefs. You know, we're each other's therapists, and it helps to find friends with that degree of openness that that can articulate that, that have insight don't have all the answers. They just have insight on how they get the answers and both to change and also to be changed. You know, that's what it is, man. It's a two way street. So this goes back to, you know what? Find your iron, find those 3 AM friends, surround yourself with them. So number two in the love deeply tenant is agape. So agape basically is unconditional love. It's unselfish concern for the well-being of others. So, and that goes back to the Byron Rogers, you know, having good dude credits. You know, it, it doesn't pay to go through life being pissed off at the world and wanting to kick everybody's ass. I mean, there are some days that, gosh, I would like to do that. But you know what? There's, there's a lot more fulfillment in just being a good dude. You know, if somebody needs help, you help. If, uh, Somebody just wants a, a conversation or just even just to walk by somebody and say hi that, you know what, that most people wouldn't say hi to. You know, always reminds me of uh, one of the most, I guess, uh, electrifying pictures is seeing that picture of Keanu Reeves and hearing the story about him sitting down and having a conversation with a homeless guy, right? Here's a guy that has so many accolades and the fame of Hollywood willing to just, you know what, sit down and talk to somebody that people will look at is, is like the dredge, the, the scum of the earth, right? So, you know what, having good dude credits or, you know, if you're female, whatever, you know, good chick credits or you don't want to hear chick, whatever, fill in that blank there. Last one, the third one in love deeply is Eros, which we all know it's it's romantic love. It's erotic. But guess what? You know, I've learned in life is if you don't have philos, if you don't have that true, authentic, um, high degree of openness, that type of love, and you don't have that unselfish concern for the well-being of that other person, that unconditional love, you'll you'll never get to Eros. And this is what this this fake, you know, front social media society has just completely took a shit on this love deeply tenant. It's everybody's starting to go on these uh whatever these dating apps. And these dating apps, you can be whoever you want. You can put up the biggest front in the world. 
And what's pretty sick is that, guess what? Then you go on these, these dates with, you know, majority of the people who are inauthentic, inauthentic. And then what happens? Guess what? People can pretend to be something for quite a while, but they can't sustain that for the long haul because guess what? Uh, you know, a tiger will always, you know, show his stripes. And that's what happens is, guess what? People pretend to be something else. And we're becoming a society where everybody is justified being pretending to be a stuffed animal. I forgot what the name of that was. Paul could probably answer that one. I forgot, was it going to Wookiee or something? I don't know. They pretend to be stuffed animals. You pretend to be a different sex. You can pretend to be multiple sex. You can just pretend to be whatever you feel that day. And it just has taken all the authenticity. Um, it has crushed the level of character where it's just where people have become fake. And the Eros part of it has become a definition by society is just shallow, shallow relationships. So unless you have number one philos and two agape, you never get to Eros. So understand that and the love deeply tenant. So last tenant is to be grateful. To be grateful and I always, and it would be grateful always. Because the one thing that will change your life is gratitude, literally. So if you change your complaining to being thankful every single day, it will change your life. It will make you want to have those good dude credits. It'll put a smile on your face. It'll brighten your day up even when things are going to shit. Gratitude will change your life. And, um, you know, life is short. Life is so short. And when I first got into corporate, I was meeting with our uh, CEO of, um, at that time we were the third largest company in the world that was just about to get bought out by the largest company in the world. And they brought me in for training because I was just this, uh, I would probably define it as a hot headed, you know, hot headed young executive, right? And he brought me into the office and in a series of meetings to say, to, he said, you know what, you have the ability, but you need to settle down and you need to just learn. And the very first lesson that he taught me was he took a tape measure out of his desk and he pulled the tape measure out from one end of the desk to the other. And also he's counting the hash and also he points to, okay, average lifespan here. 75 to 80 inches. Okay. And at this time he was like, you know, at 30 some inches, this is already done for you. This is done. So you are almost halfway there. This is what you have left. So what are you going to do with what you have left? Are you going to spend these one to two to three inches worrying and stressing about this half an inch of your life? Or are you going to start living, focusing, and putting your energy in these two inches to affect the last 30 or 20 inches of your life? You know, how are you investing your time? So imagine that tape measure analogy and imagine that with your life. How many inches have you, have you already been done? And then how much... How many inches? How much time do you devote to the larger or the long-term portions of your life? You know, in the end, I mean, for you Christians out there, it's uh, you can pull that tape measure to forever. I always tell my kid that is, okay, our life is 70, 80 inches. What if you pull this tape measure out about 100 miles so what are we doing spiritually in our life that invests in those hundred miles or better yet in that forever, that never ending tape, or are we just do putting all our energy so that we can make 
20 of those inches in that, that forever tape measure, 20 of those inches comfortable. How much energy are we putting towards how much of that tape measure? You know, we work in stress for inches. What are we doing for the longest yard? So learn to be grateful for the times you have. Learn to be grateful for the lessons that you go through in life. Learn to be grateful about every little thing. Exercise gratefulness every day uh, with my son. You know, I, we talk about name three things you're grateful for that day. And then think of three things positive to say about somebody else. One of your friends, somebody you ran into, somebody that you know, think of three positive things. And then in, you know, for your Christians in prayer time, I know we talked about this in previous podcasts, is, you know, I keep, everything for me is keep it simple, stupid, because, you know, I'm pretty stupid. So in prayer time, I always think of acts, right? So for your Christians out there, man, easiest way to pray, easiest you know, A is for adoration, right? Give, give God credit, man, because he's the most powerful powerful being in the universe. C is confess your sins. Because guess what, you know? You, you got to realize and recognize that you have problems, and then you confess that. Confess it to God, man. Confess it to the Lord. Then T, the big T, is thankfulness. But, you know, this is where gratefulness comes in. Is be thankful. Just start giving thanks to everything. Pretty soon, man, you're going to have so many things that you're thankful for that you get to S. S is supplication, which is basically means, you know, requests or the Santa Claus list. Maybe you should put that as a Santa Claus. But when you get to T, you get so many things that you're thankful for. But guess what? You won't have anything to really uh, ask for. Like, wow, I got so much, I really don't need all that stuff that I thought I needed to ask for. And it'll help you get through that thankfulness and this grateful tenant will help you get through adversity. You know, probably the, the biggest impact this year that, you know, I still struggle with, but, you know, this is how I get through is, is my mother passed in February and for those of you that don't know the story about that is um, my mother and father split when I was younger. And I came to the U.S. when I was a, a young child. And I had not seen my mother. Um, we'd look for her when I was in high school and had some little bit of a letter interaction. But that had to get translated through an uncle I had in Canada and you know, we, uh, it was indirect, but that was the only way that we communicated for a very short time. And then all of a sudden all communication was lost, um, for years, uh, probably for almost three decades here. And found out that my, that my uncle in Canada passed away and therefore the letters went nowhere and that didn't just really didn't know my mom. And at that time when I was writing her, I was so young you know, I wasn't an adult talking to an adult. And I had so many, so many questions, right. And just not understanding, but always seeing my, my friends with their parents and God bless my, you know, some of my friends' parents, you know, really, you know, played a little bit of that role in my life, but it's not the same as, as having your own parent. Right. So it was uh, probably four years ago, a little over four years ago, my my um, sister-in-law, who's from Macau, was on the um, application that they, they use, uh, oh, not WhatsApp, but um, whatever that was, that does all the translation. I don't know why I got a brain fart right now, but... Um, she found my mother on this app and then she basically helped communicate and, and vet that it was her. Oh, it was called WeChat was the app. And, um, eventually, I mean, we, 
it was her. She validated it was us. And then we started communicating and started building a relationship. My brother got to see her. And then I went later in 2019 and I got to, you know, see my mom and hug my mom. And I mean, that was amazing. So it was almost three and a half years of just, you know, getting time to have a mother and, you know, call somebody mom. And, you know, when you have a shitty day, somehow she always has something great to say. Right. And, uh, and, but I lost her to a, a heart attack, um, this past February. And, you know, you can be mad, you can feel sorry for yourself, you can mope, just like we talked about, right, in the minutes, you know, before on this podcast. But I learned to be grateful. You know, it's, I could have never seen her and she would have passed. And all the questions that I would have had never been answered. Um, You know, I had three and a half years with her versus if I didn't have any years with her. Uh, So... It's just learning to be grateful. There's always something to be grateful for in every situation, right? Like, you know, some of the uh, the older vets that I talk to, it's like, yeah, how are we doing today? We're, you know, we're six feet above ground, so that's good. It's always something to be grateful for. So that's wraps up uh, the be grateful always. And those are the five tenets that, that I do live by to help me get squared away you know physically we touched briefly you know mentally you know we always used to talk about the the books that we're reading right so so i challenge you to get squared away and if you wrote down these five tenets let's go over them again number one surround yourself with iron you know remember iron is not only for support but for sharpening support and sharpening so number one tenet, surround yourself with iron. Number two is stay humble or be a quiet professional. For those of you who want the uh, special forces <laughs> term, be a quiet professional. And three, take care of your, uh, as Paul calls it, the meat wagon, right? Take care of yourself. Take care of your body. Take care of the only thing that's going to get you around, you know, don't abuse it so that you spend all your time trying to take care of it in your later life. You know, uh, it's, it's called maintenance, right? Stop waiting for the car to break down. Wash the car every week. Take care of the car. Don't wait for it to break down before you do something. Otherwise, what you get is a freaking jalopy. And then tenet four is love deeply. So remember, philos, agape, eros, right? Then number five, be grateful. Always. Because gratitude will change your life. You know, I'm, I've never been the father I should be. I've never been the brother I should be. I've never been the friend I should be. I've never been the, the Christian that I should be. No, I mean, the only thing that constant I've learned in my life is... You know, God's always been who he promised he'd be. So, you know, we're all going to fail and we're all going to not measure up or be squared away all the time. But remember, we're, we're striving to that perfection. And we're all here to help each other out. I just want to thank you all, listeners. Yeah, thank you for... All the DMs and um, yeah, for those of you that are hurting out there, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for um, not being able to uh, relate that I could relate with you and you know you can relate with me. That's that's big and that's why we're here. You know that's what Squared Away is all about. Is uh, somebody told me the other day, uh, you know Patrick, this is out to you, man. He told me that. You know, you've been through some stuff yourself and have come out on the other side. But, you know, this is a podcast that really needs to be out there because, and it's, you know, men and women, you know, we need to really get squared away, especially with everything that's going on in society today. So, yeah, thank you, our listeners. And uh, we'll catch you on the uh, next podcast when Paul will be back. 
Right. Yeah, we got weed.